0: I've taken the time to study the All-22 Coaches film from the Buffalo Bills Week 5 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm sharing my top takeaways today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Well, folks, I did the thing where I studied the Bills All-22 Coaches film from Week 5, the matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm here today to share with you all of my top takeaways. And so I went into the film study wanting to know some things. I wanted to know why the Bills struggled to run the football with James Cook. I wanted to know if there were some opportunities in the passing offense that were missed and what they were. Because obviously, as you remember from our post-game reaction podcast, I put a lot of this back on the offense. And I came away with some interesting takeaways. And I want to share those with you. Of course, our snap counts. On the defensive side of the football, we had three players that haven't really played much this year that we got a chance to see in Kyer Elam, Dorian Williams, and Tyrell Dotson. want to share my observations from studying them in addition to the defensive snap counts and, of course, studs and duds. So a lot to get to here in the All-22 review, which I love doing this because we got to do the immediate reaction, and that's important, and it's a big part of what we're always going to do. But after you have the time to study the film, you can speak with confidence about what happened and what the dynamics were in the football game. And I feel, I feel a little bit different than I did yesterday, I'll be honest with you. So let's get into it. Let's start with this issue that the Bills had running the football. James Cook in this game, five carries for negative four yards. Josh Allen, your leading rusher. And I thought the run opportunities for Latavius Murray and Damian Harris were fine. They were reasonable plays, getting three, four yards. They were fine. But something was off when James Cook was running the football, and James Cook, of course, is the lead running back. Again, five rushes, negative four yards. It feels like we're going in the wrong direction here with James Cook. And what I would boil it down to, I want to get into some specifics. If I were to boil it down to one thing, math fails and you're thinking joe what are you talking about math fails well one thing we try to bring up on this podcast somewhat regularly is that running the football is often about numbers are the numbers advantageous for you to run the football how many players do they have in the box how many players do you have to block them is it on your side? If the, and if the answer is yes, you're probably going to be successful running the football. If they favor the defense, it's going to be a lot harder to run the football. Jacksonville, especially early in this game, gave the Bills heavy, heavy boxes. I'm not talking seven-man boxes. I'm talking eight, nine-man boxes. And I think they knew that the Bills want to be a two-dimensional football team and knew that they would be more committed to running the football earlier and they loaded up on the box and the Bills just ran the ball anyways. They didn't have advantageous numbers and they ran the ball anyways. Math fails. You didn't have the numbers to run the football and that is a hallmark characteristic of a Mike Caldwell defense who, as we talked about, stems from the Todd Bowles coaching tree which is all about the extra player in the box and so whether or not Jacksonville lined up with a heavy box look or they moved into a heavy box look at the snap they committed a lot of players to the box and that set up their entire defensive game plan because they did that early and then they used that to generate some good pressure looks so let's get into some of these failed runs by James Cook, and, and let's look at what happened. We'll first start with the good run. He had one good run. It was the first run that he had in the game, the first play of the game offensively for the Bills. And it was an eight-man box. But what the Bills did well here is they ran to the weak side. And so what they did is they pulled Deion Dawkins and wrapped him around to the, to the play side from the back side and they had a numbers advantage, or it was at least even, with Deion Dawkins pulling. You had a hat on a hat, and you got five yards. And then pretty much everything after that was bad running the football. Second run from James Cook, an eight-man box. Connor McGovern pulls and takes on his block. He's, he's trying to pull and, and kick out Trayvon Walker, the edge defender. And he, he does so with the wrong leverage. He blocks him with his outside shoulder. He had to block him with the inside shoulder. And so because he attacks that block with the wrong leverage, it pushes James Cook away from the play design, which if he sticks with it, there's a small crease for him to work with. You also pull Dawson Knox from the backside, and he tries to correct Connor McGovern's block when he should be blocking somebody else altogether. But at that point in time, James Cook is already committed to working away from where the ball is supposed to go. So your timing and your assignments were all jumbled up. No gain against an eight-man box. Can't do it against an eight-man box. Even if you play side on that snap, you've got Osiris Torrance, Spencer Brown, and Dalton Kincaid all blocking one guy before they get to their second-level assignment. So it was just all jumbled up. The next run that I want to get into, second-to-one after the nine-yard completion to Gabe Davis split backs out of shotgun this play is a microcosm of all the issues the bills had running the football split backs split backs out of shotgun one of them being Khalil Shakir who's to the left and of James Cook is to Josh Allen's right jacksonville has nine players in the box nine players in the box and it's that quick pitch to James Cook out of shotgun and on that play side of the formation the bills have four blockers to block five jaguars folks Not a math guy, but that's easy math. They got five. You've got four. You can't run the play. You can't. You got an audible check out of the play. You can't run that play. And you'll never guess what happened, folks. The unblocked player shoots through and tackles James Cook for a loss. Math problems. They got five to block. You've got four to block them. You can't run the play. The Bills ran the play. Second and 10, first run of the second half. You get a really nice run look here. You actually have four guys to block three on the play side. Looks good. James Cook just makes an awful decision to go outside. Everything was sealed up for him. And he just, I would say he didn't read the leverage of the blocks, but he didn't read anything. He just got the ball and went outside completely away from where the structure of the play was designed to go. He didn't read anything. So just an awful decision by James Cook. It should have been about 10 yards before he was even touched. You had the math in your favor that time. And because James Cook just decided that he was going to go outside, you lose a yard instead of probably getting at least 8 to 12 yards. Assuming you can't make one guy miss and go even further. So the run game issues. Again, I pointed out five or four plays but I thought they were indicative of what I observed. You had math fails where you ran the ball into situations where it's not advantageous to run the football. But then you also had some decision-making issues from James Cook in particular. Again, Latavius Murray and Damian Harris were fine. They were fine. But you had timing issues. You had assignment issues and you had James Cook not reading the play properly issues that led to a very, very poor day running the football. And this is one of those games where the Bills should have done a better job of making them pay for this. But I think this is what the appropriate counter is to some of the stuff we talked about to this point with Ken Dorsey and what this offense is designed to do. You're willing to kind of play with guys more attached to the formation. You're using six, seven-man protections, and they're willing to load up on the box and say, Well, we know you want to run it a little bit, so we're going to take that away. And if you don't, we're going to have some good pressure looks because we know that you're willing to keep in guys to block. And so now it's time for a counterpunch from Ken Dorsey. And honestly, I wish Josh Allen would have checked out out of several of those run plays because they were not good looks to run the football. And in order to run the football successfully, you got to have good looks. The Bills didn't have it. The Bills didn't have it. All right, I want to talk about the passing offense. I have a lot to get into there, so stick with me. But first, I need to tell you about game time, folks. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Don't worry, because game time is here. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. The app is awesome. It's easy to navigate. They have flash deals. I mentioned the last-minute tickets, images of seat views, great prices. Everything is super easy to navigate, and you don't have to plan for months in advance. You can get a deal on tickets right up to the day of the event with game time, and the tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you don't have to dig through emails. They go right to your phone. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, folks, let's talk about this passing offense. And when I started preparing what I wanted to get into with the All-22 review, I wrote down this question. Were there more opportunities for Josh Allen in the passing game? Were there more? I know that statistically he had a very good game. But were there some more opportunities? Let me answer that question for you. Josh Allen was terrific in this football game. He was terrific. He played extremely well, and he deserved a much, much better fate. Was he perfect? No, he wasn't perfect, but he played great. Josh Allen played great football. So when you think about the offensive struggles and them not doing enough under these circumstances, don't put any of that blame on Josh Allen because he was terrific. I thought I was going to watch this tape and be very, very frustrated with Josh and be very frustrated with turndowns. We've talked a lot about turndowns, whether it was during the preseason or so far in these all-22 conversations where there's times where you look at where Josh is starting his progressions and what he says no to and then how he moves on, right? And there's been times this year where I've said to you, look, I think there were some times for him to go to his first read, and he didn't. That didn't happen in this game. Not at all. I thought Josh was exceptional with his decision-making in this football game. So what went wrong, right? (laughs) Sounds good, Joe, but what went wrong? Let's talk about it. You had some miscues, and they didn't really have anything to do with Josh Allen. A couple of them did. We'll get there. First possession. It doesn't take an All-22 review to realize that James Cook dropped that football, but of course the – NFL Network broadcast was absolutely awful, whether it was Rich Eisen fumbling all over himself the entire broadcast trying to do play-by-play or just a lack of replays. The the production in the broadcast was just focusing in on, on the faces of players and coaches. It's like, can we see the alignment? Can we see a replay? Well, you didn't get a replay of that James Cook drop, and so I was very excited to study it in the All-22 review. And let me tell you, that ball went right through his hands. Yeah, it had a little tempo on it but that's a far throw. He's got to catch the football and he's got to turn off the field and get a first down. So where was the offensive production? That's a big deal. That's a big deal. You take away a fresh set of downs for Josh Allen. That's at least three more plays. And we know the bills have like the uh, really good in terms of sustaining drives. Like all the metrics this year have been really good. So instead of getting what well, you had the five yard run to, with Cook, on first down and second down, you have the three-yard completion of Stefan Diggs. So instead of having five yards rushing and three yards passing after that drive, that's all you have, right? You should have had a lot more. You had the opportunity to run more plays. So, like, don't file that away as, oh, James Cook dropped the football. No, James Cook dropped the football, and it robbed you of a fresh set of downs for an elite NFL quarterback. Where was the offensive production? Well, It was stymied right there because James Cook couldn't make an easy catch. The very next possession, third and six, Dalton Kincaid catches the football. It turns up the field. He gets five yards. He needed to get six. Was it a tough situation? Yeah, I mean, that safety was coming down. He was right up against the sideline. You'd like to see him get six yards instead of five. It's not as egregious as James Cook not being able to catch that football, but again, you're robbed of a fresh set of downs early in the football game. The next possession, third and three, Dawson Knox dropped the football. A great job by Josh Allen. Faced some quick pressure, found some space in the pocket, moved around, got his eyes down the field, found Dawson Knox, and put it in a very reasonable place for Dawson to catch the football. And instead of putting two hands out to catch the football, Dawson kind of slides one out. He can't make the play. Again, you're robbed of a fresh set of downs for Josh Allen, an elite NFL quarterback. How about the first and 10 bomb to Stefan Diggs from the Bills' own 10-yard line? You remember the play. I mean, it was first and 10. The Bills had the ball at the 10. Josh launches it down the field, and Stefan Diggs turns around and catches it like it's a punt. Yeah, that ball was underthrown. Should have been a touchdown. Went 50 in the air, needed to go 60 in the air. If it does, it's a touchdown. You get another 50 passing yards, a touchdown, and instead on that drive, you didn't score at all. You didn't score. So, yeah, Josh Allen underthrew a pass that went 50 yards in the air. Okay, well, then you get a, on that same drive, right? So he, you don't get a touchdown on that play. It's a second and 10 drop by Gabe Davis right in his hands, dropped the football. And then on the third down, people forget about this. You have a great off-script play by Josh Allen to extend it, work to his left. And he finds Dawson, knocks down the field, but the ball is a tick high, a tick high. And you're forced to punt after getting a, what, a 50-yard completion to Diggs. You should never punt in a situation where you have a 50-yard completion on a drive. But that's what happened, because you had a drop, and in a play where your quarterback makes everything happen, he's a tick high. So what do you want to point to on that drive? The underthrow? Okay. I point to that drop by Gabe Davis. I mean, you talk about a 50-yard throw down the field. And then you have the interception. This is a play that bothers me a lot. Not that that it was intercepted. You can live with the interception. In fact, it's a great punt in that situation, especially on third and long. But watching that play on the All-22, it's even more maddening. First of all, the ball was probably a tick underthrown. But that ball went 70 yards in the air. He threw it at the... 31 and got it down to about the nine. He launched that ball. And yeah, it was a tick under thrown. But Steph Diggs has to catch the ball. And I saw the replays. I've seen pictures of it. Steph Diggs has his hands on the ball. Darius Williams is not even looking for the football and is able to outmuscle Steph for the football. I know Steph makes lots of plays. I love him. My favorite receiver in the game, right? I'm not going to sit here and dog Stefan Diggs, but you'd like to see him make that play. So when you talk, think about missed opportunities and miscues in a game where your offense didn't do enough, there you go. Could the ball have been a little further out there? Yeah, I mean, but it's a 70-yard throw. So those are some of the opportunities that you missed. Generally speaking, you had other problems. Yards after catch, completely non-existent. You averaged 2.6 yards after catch per reception in this game. You had 69 total yards after the catch, and 26 of them came from James Cook on a couple of dump-down passes. So three completions to James Cook, you get 26 yards of yak, and on the other completions, you get 24. 24 yards of, or excuse me, you have 24 completions, so you have 43 yards of yak on the rest of them. You have 1.8 yards of yards after catch per reception. Guys, we're catching the ball and getting tackled. So no additional yardage. Probably a tired football team that can't fight for extra yards, right? Maybe that's what it is. Tired football team, you're under throwing a couple of passes. Tired football team, you can't put two hands out to catch a ball. 22% 22% of Josh Allen's, this is a big stat here, 22% of Josh Allen's passing yards came yards after the catch. That is a very, very small number. The next lowest in the NFL from week five, Lamar Jackson at 33%. Most quarterbacks were 45 to 50% of their yards after the catch. I think Tua was like 78% of his yards this week were after the catch. Josh Allen, 22%. Nobody broke a tackle. Nobody made a play after, after catching the ball. And credit the Jags. They did some really good things here. They had some good pressure looks like we talked about. They took those heavy boxes and turned them into good pressure looks. They, you know, I thought Josh managed the pocket really well, and I thought he felt the pressure extremely well. He didn't even get sacked. But they were able to speed him up a little bit. They were able to move him off his spots. They were able to stress the protection schemes, and they contained him pretty well, all things considered. The Jaguars blitzed 47% of the time, which is a pretty high clip. And Josh was 9 of 18 for 67 yards against the Blitz. And, of course, those those pressure looks, those heavy boxes, they made the play-action game pretty tough. You know me, I love the play-action. I want as much of it as possible. But heavy boxes and Blitzes aren't great to run play-action against. And the Bills ran play-action 23% of the time. Josh was really good, 7 of 8 for 119 yards with play-action. I wish they could have run it more, but you didn't necessarily have the greatest looks to do it. You also got away from using David Edwards as a big tight end. You only had three snaps of David Edwards doing that. And that's something, especially when they're loading up the box and you have to protect, you have to keep extra bodies in, you might as well do it with David Edwards a little bit more than you did. But the bottom line here is that there's a a lot of things that stopped drives from continuing, right? Stopped giving a fresh set of downs for Josh Allen. Bad math in the run game. And still running it anyways. Drops. No yards after catch. He had some penalties. So good defense by Jacksonville in terms of pressure looks. They tackled extremely well. The Jaguars were only credited with three missed tackles. By comparison, the Bills had 19. You heard that correctly. The Jaguars had three missed tackles. The The Bills had 19. Tired football team. Not doing fundamental things correctly. Committing penalties not making tackles, not getting yards after catch, dropping footballs, tired football team. Real quick on the offensive snap counts before we get to defense. You played 60 snaps of offense. Josh Allen, obviously in for all 60 of them. At running back, James Cook, 37 of 60. Damian Harris, 11 snaps. Latavius Murray, 11 snaps. Reggie Gilliam, 7. At wide receiver, Gabriel Davis, 54. Stefan Diggs, 52. Khalil Shakir, 19. Deontay Hardy, 15, Trent Sherfield 11, Dawson Knox, 42, Dalton Kincaid, 32. On the offensive line, all your starters played 60 snaps, except for Deion Dawkins, missed one play. He played 59 snaps, Ryan Vandemark, one snap, and David Edwards, three snaps. Let me comment on something real quick before we get to defense. I've seen a lot of narratives out there on social media forming. Well, how can Khalil Shakir get the most reps at wide receiver three? How come Dalton Kincaid... Uh, doesn't have more snaps. Folks, the Bills' offensive issues in this game had nothing to do with Trent Shurfield or Khalil Shakir or Dalton Kincaid or any of those players and how many snaps they got. It came down to bad math in the run game and still running the football. It came down to a couple of penalties, a few drops. Maybe you wish a couple of throws were slightly different. That's what it came down to. It wasn't, it wasn't forcing a narrative over which ancillary weapon you want to be more involved in the offense. It's nothing to do with that. Nothing at all. So take that out of your thoughts because it's not a helpful part of the discussion. It Has nothing to do with what happened to the Buffalo Bills' offense in this game. All right, let's talk about the defense here in just a moment. But first, snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. That's two to hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I love the player props. said it yesterday. I went five for five on Sunday during the Bills game uh, for player props. So those are really fun. Check them out. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get this NFL season going. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, folks, welcome back. Let's talk about this defense. Before I do, I would love to invite you to join the Bills subtext community. There's a link in today's show notes to join. So if you're on YouTube or wherever listen to this podcast, you can click on the show notes. You'll see a link to join. It's super cool. We've been having a lot, of, a lot of fun with it. One-on-one text message conversations with me. I'm just a text message away, a direct line right to me. I give you all my in-game thoughts as it's happening. I probably send out a text after every single drive. So that's been really cool. We interact throughout the week. I listen to your thoughts, share mine. So check it out. Again, the Lockdown Bill Subtext Community. Would love it if you took a second to check that out. All right, so Kyer Elam, Dorian Williams, Tyrell Dotson, they all played in this game. And obviously they could have big roles moving forward considering Trey White's out for the year and Matt Milano's out for the year. So how did they look? Let's talk about it. Let's get into Kyer Elam first. I'll be honest with you. It felt worse watching that game live than it did on the all 22. I thought Kyer Elam was a lot better than I expected him to be studying the tape as compared to the way I felt watching that game live. Did he give up some completions? Yeah, he did. Jacksonville was six of eight for 93 yards throwing at Kyer Elam. It's a lot of production. It's not good enough. But was it a situation where I felt like Kyer Elam Couldn't play at all, like he had no skill, like he was lost out there. I didn't really feel that way. I thought his run defense, for the most part, was pretty decent. I thought the issues were that he was just a little unsure on his technique. A couple of times his eyes were in the wrong spot. A couple of times he's staying in a side turn a little bit too long and he needs to get himself squared up a little bit quicker. A couple of times it feels like he's trying to disguise a coverage and is a little bit late. Seems like an under football player that has fixable issues. I, I'm much less discouraged, much less discouraged coming out of watching the All-22 than I was watching the game. Now, do I still think that Christian Benford and Dane Jackson should be out there over him? Yes, I do. But I'm not feeling like Kyer Elam is a, a lost cause. Does he have work to do? Yes. Does he have to find some confidence? Yes. Was he benched in the game for that last drive and they brought in Jamarcus Ingram? Yes. All that stuff happened. He was vulnerable out there. But it wasn't as bad as it felt. And I think it's fixable. I think he needs to play with a little bit more confidence and, and trust his technique because it's not like he's getting completely cooked. He's not getting all twisted up. He's just a late. To me, it feels fixable. As for Dorian Williams, so Dorian Williams got the first opportunity to come in after Matt Milano went down. And I thought there was some good and there was some bad. I like the way he runs. He plays physical. He drew a holding penalty in the game. He plays fast. Now, he also gets twisted up, right? There was a couple of misdirection plays where he got twisted up. He missed two tackles in space where he's got to come down with those plays. And after the second missed tackle, that's when Tyrell Dotson got his first opportunity. So he looks like a rookie third-round pick that's athletic. That's what he looks like. He's running around, making full-speed mistakes. His athleticism does put him in some good positions. He plays physical, but he's a guy that just needs more time on task. That's what I'd say it comes down to. So some good and some bad, which is, I think, what you would expect. For Tyrell Dotson, I thought he played pretty well. Good physical downhill play. I thought he was fine in coverage. I don't think he had any missed assignments. Were there times where I felt like his athleticism failed him a a tick? Yeah. But when he was out on the field, that freed Terrell Bernard to be a little bit more versatile and be more matchup specific, kind of more of the Matt Milano role. And so I liked that about him. And so I think moving forward, you probably want to be a little bit game plan specific with these two guys. You want to mix them both in, perhaps. There might be games and situations where you want Dorian Williams with Terrell Bernard. There might be some situations where you want Tyrell Dotson with Terrell Bernard. But they both give you something a little bit different, and I thought both were reasonable. I thought if you said which one played better, I'd say Dotson. But of course, the upside remains with Dorian Williams, and I kind of like the way that he just plays full speed Even if he's wrong, he plays full speed. So there's give and take with both sides of it, but I thought both guys were reasonable. But Dotson played better. Again, the upsides with Dorian Williams. A couple other defensive notes. I'm encouraged that Terrell Bernard continued to play well, even without Matt Milano next to him. That was encouraging. I think Kingsley Jonathan deserves a shout-out, played a lot of snaps in this game. He actually forced that fumble that I thought Ed Oliver did. And I thought he was close to making even more plays. But, you know, I think it's maturing as a player and realizing, all right, you got a step. You still have to keep working your hands to free yourself, right? I mean, he was close a lot. I like, I like him, though. I like, I like Kingsley. Ed Oliver was absolutely exceptional in this football game. Super disruptive. I mean, the guy's just having a, a great season. Brandon Bean's looking pretty doggone smart for extending that contract and getting him at the value that he did. Obviously, it doesn't take an all 22 review to realize how good AJ Epinesa played in this game. You can tell Jacksonville on defense, or excuse me, Jacksonville on offense against the Bills' defense, they really wanted to attack the edges. And that makes a lot of sense. They wanted to attack these defensive ends, attack these cornerbacks. That's where the Bills were thin. They're relying on a lot of depth and really obviously making them run as well, right? Making those players work to get to the football, a tired football team thought the Jacksonville Jaguars had a really good game plan. 19 missed tackles for the Bills' defense. 19 of them, folks. 19. 19. You realize that's just free yards you're giving other teams. Free yards. Because we were there, but we couldn't get you down. So let's name some names here. 19 missed tackles. The following players missed two tackles. Dorian Williams, Terrell Bernard, A.J. Epinesa, Tim Settle. Ed Oliver, Leonard Floyd, Micah Hyde, Kyer Elam. The following players missed one tackle. Tyrell Dotson, Kendall Vickers, Dane Jackson, Daquan Jones. And here's here's the practical application of what I'm just talking about right here. The Jaguars on run plays got 4.66 yards after contact per run. 4.66 yards after contact per run. So. You're giving them an extra four and a half plus yards every time because you can't get players down. The Bills also had a, a really high blitz rate in this game, 34% blitz rate, very high. So that's more time for, excuse me, more space for Trevor Lawrence to slot throws. Easier to find answers. When you have to commit more players to rush, you have less players in coverage, more space to slot throws. And Lawrence handled that quite well. Defensive snap counts. The Bills played 88 defensive snaps. Not great for a tired football team that lacks, that's stressing out its depth at a couple of position groups, right? Here's how that breaks down. 88 snaps. Defensive end, A.J. Epinesa, 59. Kendall Vickers, 46. Got your practice squad defensive tackle having to play 46 snaps of defensive end. That's how dicey things were for the Bills on the edge. Leonard Floyd, 46, playing through that ankle injury. Kingsley Jonathan, 26 snaps. Von Miller played 20 snaps, and he he was on a pitch count, so he played his 20 snaps. That was it. Defensive tackle, Ed Oliver, 71. 71 snaps for Ed Oliver. Good for you, dude. Tim Settle, 41. Jordan Phillips, 39. Daquan Jones, 4. At linebacker, Terrell Bernard, all 88 snaps. Tyrell Dotson, 55. Dorian Williams, 32. Matt Milano, Poor one out 11. Cornerback Dane Jackson played all 88. Kyer Elam played 80. Taryn Johnson 73. Jamarcus Ingram eight. And then Cam Lewis came in for five snaps. Um, I think that was when Taryn got hurt. And then at safety, Jordan Poyer and Cam, excuse me, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde played all 88 snaps. The thing I want to note here, Taylor Rapp zero. Zero snaps for Taylor Rapp on defense. So kind of interesting. They, they sprinkled them in week one. I thought it was a disaster. He started last week for Poyer and I thought he was okay. Zero snaps this week. Studs and duds. Again, the criteria here is whatever I want it to be. If I think you're worthy, you did something well enough to be listed as a stud or a dud. I have three studs and two duds, three studs, Josh Allen, AJ Epinesa and Oliver. Thought those were the three best players on the field for the bills. Maybe Stefan Diggs. Do I put Steph in here? Eh, okay, I'll put Stephon Diggs down. He he was uh, he was really good, and he was a big reason why I think Josh Allen had the success that he did because he had to find quick answers, and his first read is often Stephon Diggs, and Stephon Diggs was available. I'm going with that. Two plays. I will say though, there was that sideline play, a um, little quick, just a vertical route. I thought Josh Allen put that in a great spot that Steph could have made that play. And then of course the uh the interception. Not nah, Stefan Diggs you're off. You know, you gotta make those two plays, or at least one of them. Uh duds, James Cook. Thought he was just his eyes were everywhere. He didn't make great decisions with the football, didn't make anybody miss running it. And then Kyrie Elam. For as encouraged as I was with Kyrie Elam, he was still a dud out there. I mean, critical moments in the game. Trevor Lawrence knew where he wanted to go to the football. He attacked Kyrie Elam and Kyrie Elam gave up gave up completions, especially in critical situations. So While I am encouraged, he still goes down as a dud. All right, folks, that's it for this episode. Hope that you enjoyed. Uh, Our next conversation will be herd mentality, so I'll be diving into the questions, comments, takes, whatever you guys have, and then we shift our attention to the Bills' next opponent, the New York Giants. So don't miss anything. Make sure that you're subscribed. would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.